Innes Forgettance is a folk fantasy podcast set in an alternate Appalachia and faraway Celtic fort. You can help support me and this story by sharing it with your friends, posting on social media, or by clicking the link in the description to buy me a coffee. I'm glad you joined me this week, and stay safe out there in the woods. Previously on the Innis Forgettance, after the strange lights and even stranger beings are spotted in the distance on Innis Kellig Island, both Innis and Yerdit tribal members are found dead. Kara the Soul Shepherd finally confessed to King Turla. The lights emit from Brana, who is a doorkeeper, a gifting that allows elements of both the divine and deepest darkness to enter their world, depending on what Brana was surrounded by. Infuriated that this was hidden from him, King Turla told Kara to shut Brana's door. Elga in the past. Elga flung herself at the king's feet. Her status as storykeeper be damned. She shook with desperation and clutched his robes. Leave me with Brona, she begged. Take everyone. Save yourselves. Let me be captured by the Yerdet. Let me be slaughtered by the strangers. But don't take me from my granddaughter. And don't take her from me. I beg you, Turla, don't kill her. Limbs weak and hollow as straw, her heart frantic, blood thrumming in her head, Elga's world turned upside down and spun madly around her. She clutched the king's ankles. <laughs> Pathetic show for a storykeeper, she heard Abin grumble. Leave this memory for posterity. Turla ignored Elga and kept his eyes on Greg. Do whatever you have to do, he ordered. Greg nodded. Of course, my king. Wait! Kara's soft-spoken soprano silenced all. Elga released her grip on the king and dared to look up. The soul shepherd gazed into the night sky, glassy-eyed as though receiving an impression from beyond the veil. Her lips moved as if in a disembodied conversation. When her eyes lit again with the awareness of the world around her, she stared only at Elga. There might be another way, she said. Then speak, said Turla. We must act immediately. Kara removed Grig's protective hold on her and licked her lips. My predecessor, the soul shepherd, Ceres, 
speaks to me from beyond the veil. Elga took a sharp breath. Ceres, who had lived to an ancient age but was long dead, had been present at Elga's own unlocking. Ceres speaks to me now, and they impart knowledge in our time of need. There is something I can do for Bronna. It is an act rarely employed and never desired, but it is an act preferable to death. She looked at Elga, but couldn't hold her gaze. In your desperation, Storykeeper, I... I'm afraid you haven't allowed this memory to come through, so Ceres brings it to me now. Elga's voice was thick and heavy as wet wool. What is it? Well, call it forward, in your own mind, answered Kara. Elga dropped her spiritual defenses and opened herself. Imagery flooded her mind like water released from a dam. Oh. Brona. Elga's heart cracked open. She cupped her face and let every tear fall. Forgive me, my Brona. Soul Shepherd, ordered Turla. Give my men your order. Retrieve the sleeping Brona, said Kara. Bring her to Fort, to the Triad Lodge. Everyone must carry a lantern for their own protection from the strange lights. Firelight lapped the walls of the lodge. Smoke rose in a brooding column toward the smoke hole only to be obliterated by the howling wind outside. The summer gusts raged even more than usual for their craggy, isolated coast. Elga raged. She clutched the space under her breasts, certain a fire burned there, eating her insides. From her bitter place at the back of the small crowd, the hair at the back of her neck prickled with the strangest sense that they were all being watched by invisible eyes. Ancestors, maybe. Descendants, perhaps. Spirits of past and future poised at this pivotal moment in their people's story. Down the cliffs, most Innes slept and Elga, storykeeper, watched, watched and burned. Turla and soldiers, Abin and several women who demanded to bear witness to the solving of the problem, as they called it, packed inside the hut, fear dancing in their eyes alongside the reflection of flame. The women clutched pelts and wool blankets around themselves. The men's faces were barely detectable under their long, wild messes of beard and hair. But eyes glared. Kara's drooping blue eyes looked to the center of the hut with the terror of one who knows what must come and dreads it. Grunts and scrapes just outside the door. 
Elga's belly did flips. The small crowd shifted to accommodate Grig and Liam, hoisting Brana in a dirty cloth, like a makeshift hammock, like burial rags. She choked back a sob and harnessed her anger instead. The men carried their load to the center, dropped her with a sickening thud. Elga started. Monstrous! You've hurt her! Abin emerged from the back of the hut and assessed Brana's still form. The potion went down her throat then. Grig nodded, solemn-faced. Abin addressed Kara. Has her spirit come unstitched? She shook her head. No, but the untethering begins. Elga clenched her fists at her sides, fighting with everything she had to swallow back the cries that rose in her throat. We must hurry, Abin said. Come, soul shepherd. The people made way as Kara stood. She clasped her hands in front of her belly, but Elga noticed her quivering grasp. Kara came to stand on the other side of Brana's prostrate form, and Abin reached over to grip her hand. Kara flashed an apologetic glance Elga's way, but Elga returned it with a stone-cold stare. Abin said, It can be done. I think so, locksmith. Then hasten. Time slips. Together, Liam and Greg jerked the cloth from under Brana, who rolled from the force and thudded her head. She groaned, the first sound she had made since she had fallen into her mysterious state. The potion had begun its work in earnest, riling her body in order to jostle and loosen the connection of body and spirit. In all her years of living, of tending, of burying, Elga instantly recognized that particular groan. My Brona is about to give up her spirit. Kara swept her arms as though spinning the air into a being unto itself. She muttered an incantation that Elga hadn't heard outside of the single memory she carried. Brana's breath came in panicked gasps, desperate gasps, relinquishing gasps. Then, the singular, tragic stillness. With a motion like the pulling of a thread, the Soul Shepherd released a blue orb from the girl. She has come unstitched, the locksmith confirmed in a whisper to the awed gasps of the onlookers. The orb flew from Kara's grasp. She's scared, Elga thought. My poor Brona seeks the solace of the other side. Kara bellowed at the orb, extending taut arms and splayed fingers. She snatched it back and continued her muttering. The cool, pure blue of Brana's spirit 
began to yellow. The soul shepherd released the orb. It buzzed frantically, pinging toward the people. They cowered and cried, but the locksmith screamed a command. The caged spirit froze, then flew through the smoke hole. All within the thatched hut grew still. It can be done, Kara said, and Elga saw tears brimming in the soul shepherd's blue eyes. It has been done. The locksmith nodded. Check the land, he ordered the soldiers. Make sure no strange comers await us. As the people moved out of the lodge, he turned toward Elga. Are you satisfied? Elga growled. Who dare you ask such a thing? Kara hurried toward her. She isn't dead, Elga. She's in a holding place. She's trapped. She is in a sleeping place. She's in soul form. It might as well be the same as death, Elga said. Kara blinked back tears. A gifting will come, Elga. When the time is right, she will be called back. Don't lose faith. Leave me be. Elga elbowed her way through the locksmith and the soul shepherd, shoving her way through the crowd, out of the lodge, out of the fort. When she reached the open land, she found clusters of Innis standing stone still, lanterns held aloft, mouths agape at the sights ahead. Three more strange comers stood far in the distance, painted bodies discernible among the hundreds of glowing lights Brana had emitted. The beings suddenly jerked to attention as though ordered by an unseen call. Stripped of whatever source powered them, they disappeared, leaving yet three more yellow orbs in their wake. Hundreds of red lights now paled to a sickly yellow, betrayed the terrible truth. What horror have we so narrowly escaped? Elga heard a woman say. And what horror did Brona bring to the land? Said another. When they spotted her, they turned and walked away. Elga stared ahead the gash in her broken heart giving way to an exhausted numbness. A golden glow came from behind her, and she jumped, but it was only Kara carrying her lantern. She was a doorkeeper, whispered Kara. We know this now. I've cast her into such a state that her soul will hover eternally until it's called back. Her body will not change. The strange comers used her as a doorway. They feasted on her for their own physicality, to cause as much darkness as they could among us. But Elga, now that she is in soul form, they are too. 
Their door has been closed. Are you saying, then, that Brona opened the door to darkness? Elga's voice broke. Kara took her hands in her cool grasp, and Elga turned. In the Soul Shepherd's round, blue eyes, there was no judgment, no accusation, only tears. No, Story Keeper, she whispered, her voice thick. You did. Hello again, everybody. We are in the final third of the Innis Forgettance story. I am planning to stick around for several episodes after the story concludes to answer your questions. So if you have a question for me about the story, the characters, the world, the magic, the way it came to me as a writer and how it got made, or even about writing and inspiration in general, you can submit questions to me through my website, and there is a link in the show notes for that as well. So I am so excited to hear from you and connect with you further through this AMA. Thank you so much, and I will be back next week. The Innis Forgettance was written, narrated, and produced by me, Leah Noel, with special appearance by David Walker. The original song, Beware the Never Seen, was written, composed, and performed by Georgia musicians Miles Landrum and Lorelei. You can find links to more of their excellent music in the show notes. Sound effects came from the kind folks at freesound.org. You can follow this podcast with behind the scenes and more on Instagram and TikTok at Leah with a pen.